Before I begin the homily, I would like to invite everyone to reflect on this very simple question of who do you see yourself as? Not who do you relate with or who do you connect and jive with, but who do you see yourself as? Is it the older brother or is it the younger brother? This gospel is one of my favorite gospels, and I've looked over it, studied it for years while I was in seminary. And over the years, you know, you look at the different translations of the Bible to see what kind of titles they have for this, this passage. Usually it's known as the prodigal son. Others will say it's the return of the prodigal son. But some of my favorite titles have been The Disgruntled Older Brother or The Compassionate Father. And today I want to focus on just the idea of the Compassionate Father for us to begin to dive deeper. But I do ask, don't lose sight of the question that I've set before us before we began. Because today in our gospel reading, and our, our second, second reading, there's this big theme of reconciliation, to reconcile ourselves. But to really understand the word reconciliation, we must look at what it really means. In Latin, re, to back, to go back. And conciliare is to bring together is to bring the relationship back together again. So what relationship are we looking for and looking at then, my dear brothers and sisters? We're looking at our relationship with God the Father, who is the Father in the prodigal son's story. So then going back to the question, who are we in the story of the prodigal son? Because as the father, we see how the father is compassionate to both sons. He loves each and every one of them the same. But you may look at me and say, Father, how is it the same? He loves them both unconditionally. But for each of them, he loves them in a particular way that helps them understand and see. And both are looking to reconcile themselves with the Father, to return back to a relationship. Some may say, no, Father, it's focusing on the younger son. But if we look very carefully at the older son, he too needs to reconcile himself with the Father. Both of them need to reconcile themselves with the Father. Because both forget the key message that the Father is trying to portray, which is how compassionate and loving his, their Father is. We as Christian believers forget how compassionate and loving God is in our lives. 
Because we choose not to see, not to recognize, and not to admit that there is such a love. And if there was such thing as a love, then why isn't it love? Why don't I feel it? Why don't I see it? And why don't I experience it in my life? You can ask that same question to both brothers. How do I see God's love? How do I see the Father's love in the younger son? How do I see God's love as the older brother? Let us put ourselves in each one of their shoes. What does the older brother, or let's start with the younger brother, what is he looking for? He comes home and returns when he hits rock bottom. The first thing that he does is he asks for his inheritance. In that time, to ask for your inheritance before your father even dies is literally walking up to your father's face and saying, I wish you would die. You're not worth anything to me anymore. And give me what I deserve. He doesn't recognize his father's infinite love. He goes out and has to experience and squander everything to hit rock bottom in life. To go out to be no less than swines, not even worth human dignity, before he recognizes and realizes what true love is. It's not about the money. It's not about the prestige. It's that intimate relationship and encounter with the compassionate and merciful Father. When he returns home to his Father, he plans his beautiful ap apology together. But what happens? The Father doesn't wait for him to apologize, for him to admit his wrongdoings. But the first thing the, the prodigal son receives from the Father is a loving embrace and the fact that he has returned home that illustrates and show us the sense of belonging he didn't recognize he belonged to something he meant something to someone he in the father's eyes was his son we as God's sons and daughters belong to Christ belong to God Therefore, we have worth, we have value that no one else can take away from us. No one can tell us we're worth less than anything else. We have value. We have dignity that is inherent to each of us, to you and to me, to I. We all have worth. Because we belong to someone. And in that value and that worth, we're called to more. To celebrate, to be a part of something. He didn't need an apology, but as soon as he said, let's celebrate, let's slaughter the calf, let's put on the finest robe, give him all these jewelry. Because we are meant for more. We are meant for greatness, my dear brothers and sisters. 
But do we see that in ourselves, that we're meant for more? We're meant for greatness. Because the compassionate and Father sees only the best in you and in me. But do we see that in ourselves? Let us move then to the older brother. We hear the dialogue between the father and the older brother. The older brother comes back to the father to hear all the music, the celebration, the festivities occurring. And what does he do? He, he is envious of those around him. He's envious and jealous for the fact that his brother just squandered everything. And yet he's now getting a celebration. And seeing how the father is loving and compassionate and how he loves his brother, he sees jealousy in the father's eyes. He sees envy as he looks at his father. He asks him, why are you celebrating when your son has squandered everything? We hear then in the response of the father the generosity of his love. My son, everything I have belongs to you. In that response, a reminder for us of how we can get comfortable in what we're doing and assume God's mercy, God's love, and God's compassion in our own very lives. And it doesn't matter to us anymore. So when someone else receives God's love, God's mercy, God's compassion, when those that have been changed by their old ways and embrace this newness of life, we're pointing at them and saying, you were a sinner. You did X, Y, and Z, and you do not deserve of God's love. You're an unworthy sinner. Then we become ungrateful. Because in that envy, in that jealousy, everything else is blocked out. It doesn't give us the opportunity to look back into our lives and to begin to reflect and see where God has been in your life. How he has been active and loving you and compassionate and merciful to you. We forget that. We lose sight of that. Because all we see is what is not love for me. How God is not loving to me. How God is not working in my life because it's not how I want to be loved. But what do we get then, my dear brothers and sisters? We learn about a generous father. A father who loves each and every one of us in a particular and intimate way. But the question and the response for us today is one, do we see it at all? And two, are we willing to recognize it and embrace that love that God has for us. No matter how far we stray, no matter how hard-headed you and I can become, God still loves us. God still loves each and every one of us. No matter how far we go, no matter how deep we get into sin and struggle and temptations, 
God still loves us. But are you and I willing to see it? Are you and I willing to admit it? Or even are you and I willing to reconcile, to return back to that loving embrace? Or are we too stubborn to admit our faults, to come back to him and to ask and seek his compassion, his mercy, and his forgiveness?